0: You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated, professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Our guest is Dr. Renee Dufault. Uh, Dr. Dufault is well-versed in toxicology, environmental health, and industrial hygiene. Uh, In fact, she's even worked at uh, the FDA. She's founding executive director of the Food Ingredient and Health Research Institute. And uh, she is currently crusading for better standards in terms of food safety. Uh great book on saving any meal. Uh, all right, so uh, when it comes to pesticides, uh, you know, what's the lay of the land on that? What are some of the things that confront us?
1: Uh well, you know, there's allowable levels of pesticide residues as there is, you know, like we talked about the heavy metals. So, uh the USDA has a system where they uh they you know, routinely collect samples of various crops and they analyze to find out how much residues of each, well, of which type of pesticides are on the produce or the grains or whatever. So, you know, for example, with the uh, flour, the wheat, the way that works is uh, one of the most common pesticides is organophosphate pesticide, malathion, And so the wheat can be stored in a silo for up to five years. And the farmers can apply the malathion for as much as they need to to keep down the larvae, for wow. the, you know, the grasshopper larvae. So so there you're getting these uh, over t- time that wheat is going to have this pesticide uh, residue. And so then there uh, the residue carries over into the end products of which the wheat are made of. So, you know, the crackers and breads and this and that. And so we already know that there's pesticide residues in the end products. So your strategy there to prevent these pesticide exposures is to buy organic, organic flour. Keep it in your refrigerator because if you don't, it'll get moldy. Right. Yeah? The so shelf life refrigeration, is, you, you, you lose something,
0: some advantages in terms of shelf life because it's not yeah, basically exactly. full of uh, poison <laughs> you know, to kill the bacteria.
1: Exactly. So so you want to keep your uh, organic flour in the refrigerator, in no a plastic bag. And it'll keep forever there. Because the way that the organic wheat is stored in the uh, before it becomes flour is by law, you can, they can organic farmers can store it for one year in a refrigerated silo, and hmm. so that's how they they don't use the pesticides. So that's how they keep down the larva from hatching. So yeah, the strategies are just you know you buy certain things, and then uh, that's you know you want to uh, cook and uh, cook the food uh, yourself and you know, cook casseroles and so on uh, uh, on the weekends if you're working during the week so you can freeze stuff and then take it out and, and eat it that way. And that, that'll that reduce your overall pesticide exposure is by choosing organic, uh, especially organic processed, if you're going to have anything processed like, like the uh, crackers or the uh, things made of flour. And then um, you want to eat the prepare the whole foods uh, as much as possible for and organic whenever possible and buying things uh, from the local markets uh, that are far- local farmers because chances are less likely that they're going to have a lot of uh, pesticides when they're going to sell it locally it's not going to mm-hmm. get on a truck and go a right. hundred miles away or thousands so uh, that's why we want to do the local markets so as far as the pesticide uh, go that's the the main thing. You want to buy triple-rinsed. Um, organic farmers even are allowed to use some chlorine compounds uh, on their produce. And so when you buy, uh, when you're, you're going to look for things that say triple-rinsed because that, that means that they've done all they can to remove any residues of uh, harmful uh, substances that you really don't want to be eating a lot of.
0: The term is triple rent? Um, like as in rent?
1: Triple Triple-rinsed. Okay. Yeah, rinsed. Rinsed, you know, like oh, rinsed. Rinse, rinse, rinse Okay, it got it, got it.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you buy conventional produce because you don't, you, there's no organic available, then you want to rinse it real well, and rub it with your fingers. They've done studies that show that if you rinse produce under a stream of running water for, I think it, I forget what the minutes are, but you know, not that long. Uh, you know, 20 minute, twenty seconds or whatever it is. So, so it does uh, pay, and, pay to wash it off, even if it's
0: organic. Part. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it's, you're going to get Absolutely, wash things. them off. Right.
1: Yeah, that's the way to reduce. So, uh, you know, you're going to use these strategies to reduce the pesticide exposures that you're getting. And at the same time, you're going, go ahead.
0: No, I'm sorry, you what talk? about uh, glyphosate? Huh? You know, that's a concern that a lot of people oh, are pointed with in GMO Roundup. foods. Roundup, yeah.
1: Right, yeah. Well, you know, uh, if you want to work at the county uh, local community, you can ban the use of that around your uh, parks and stuff. We just did it here in, uh, at uh, on this county in Hawaii, and so the the best thing is to not use it, and <laughs> and, and certainly don't use a Roundup around your home for grow- You know, I mean, uh, it's just uh, we already know that there's a link there with cancer, so. Uh, you, you want to refrain from using pesticides in your, in your, uh, environment around your home. And there's other ways to prevent pests, you know, like ants and stuff. Just clean up after uh, you're cooking and make sure your counters are, I have, I live in a tropical environment and I don't have an ant problem. And that's because I'm very clean about, you know, putting away, uh, cleaning my dishes, making sure there's no food stuck on any surfaces. And, uh, that's the way you prevent pests. And here I'm in a tropical environment, so uh, cleanliness is is the key there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so. Um, you know, I actually, yeah,
0: it, it's, it, it's I it's, actually he, this you're really increasing the authenticity of this podcast because I hear a little bird tweeting outside your uh, your uh, home there. <laughs> you're located where in Hawaii? I'm a big
1: island. On the big island, yeah, yeah. Big island. Uh, about 30 miles, yeah, south of. Uh, the volcano, the one that's active. So I'm down there at South Point, and okay. it's beautiful. Yeah, so I must nice confess some sunny. degree of
0: uh, envy because I, s- I sit here in my studio in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, it snowed a couple of days ago, which means that there's gray snow everywhere, and it's going to be 14 degrees tomorrow morning when I have to go to work. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you're obviously in a better place. Uh, so it, when it comes to um, uh, some of the other uh, environmental issues, uh exposures uh what are what are some of the worst foods to buy conventional you know i, I sometimes really have, i have to make a choice because sometimes it's like you know i really need an ingredient and I, i'm searching high and low i you know 98 percent of the time I'm, I'm buying organic but sometimes i just gotta knuckle down and get something that is conventional are there some, you know, just like the environmental work uh, working group sometimes breaks it down, you know, the dirty dozen and, you know, I guess the healthy 12 or something. Uh, are there things that are particularly bad to get conventionally? Cause they're just soaking with toxins.
1: Yeah. I would stay away from all corn sweeteners, corn syrup, high fructose, corn syrup, dextrose, maltodextrin, modified corn starch. And they're in a lot of things. So, you know, looking at your food ingredient label, stay away from the corn sweeteners. And then uh, the other thing is stay away from vegetable oils. Uh, vegetable oils, you know, corn sweeteners, I think the average American is consuming 29 pounds per year, according to the USDA. Oof. They were at one time consuming close to 60 pounds per year, so they are reducing their their uh, intake of corn sweeteners. But nonetheless, when, when you're consuming that much corn sweetener and 90-something pounds a year of wheat, right? Yeah. Could, that's potentially contaminated with pesticides. Uh, you know, and you're only consuming two pounds per year of spinach, right? Okay, so this is not good. So you want to avoid those corn sweeteners, avoid the uh, vegetable oils, and, and the only vegetable oils that you would want to use are the cold press, because the seeds are pressed uh, mechanically they're mm-hmm. in order to get the, the oil. like it's so, not a chemical the extraction process at high speed. Exactly. So cold pressed olive, cold pressed uh, sesame, and and then regular coconut oil is uh, fine. And then I wouldn't be buying any other oils at all. Mm -hmm. And um, you're better off with uh, butter, frankly, you know, and I'm not talking margarine, I'm talking just plain old uh, unsalted butter. Uh, which is fat preferably organic
0: right because uh dairy can, uh,
1: yeah preferably
0: yeah because absolutely because the, the the cows are kind of high on the food chain and they may uh bioaccumulate yeah. some of the environmental toxins from right uh from you want
1: to do grass-fed bi- grass-fed grass-fed beef mm-hmm. grass-fed is the way to go if you're going to eat beef mm-hmm. and then uh then you want to stay away from those uh colors the food colors uh Yellow five six red forty all of those and uh, then if you do those things and you know like you you're you're, you're going to be in a lot better shape.
0: Are, are there certain fruits and vegetables that are you really got to go organic because they're very laden with toxins? I, I'm thinking strawberries, sort of potatoes. You know, what are some of the
1: well? You know, they culprits? they get that dirty dozen from reviewing the pesticide data program. Data And Mm -hmm. it changes every year, you know, so uh, what I do is we're talking about lifestyle, just buy organic uh, frozen if you can't do fresh and keep it in your freezer. It's plenty available. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, wash your vegetables and, uh, you know, just go with the flow because um, I don't I don't it's better to have a, a broad variety of fruits and vegetables. And staying away from things just because somebody says that, oh, this year there was high, you know, pesticides. If you're buying organic whenever possible, and then you're rinsing things, then, you know, uh, you're going to reduce your exposures.
0: That, that's your best bet in any case. Uh, you are the author of, and congratulations to you because it's it's kind of a rigorous publication to get into. Uh, you uh, wrote an article uh, a couple of years back in Scientific American, Why Does Autism Impact Boys More Often Than Girls? Uh, you, you co-authored it. And so can you give us some insights into, into what's going on there? Is Are boys' brains yeah. different or did their detoxification right. capability different than, than girls?
1: Yeah. Well, the, the, the purpose of that article, because w- w- we had found that the inorganic mercury in the blood comes from the processed foods. All right, so that's been established. And then the inorganic mercury in cord blood appears to be connected to autism in boys, hmm. whereas the, it doesn't show up in girls. So that And now we have more boys with autism than girls. So the inorganic mercury, there's some kind of sex or gender difference going on. Mm-hmm. One thing it could be is the ton one gene, which is... Uh, uh, it, little boys have lower pawn one activity just because they're boys, mm-hmm. and mercury suppresses the pon one gene. Mm-hmm. So, that a, is it a sex-linked gene? Is
0: it on the on the uh, the X chromosome? And boys only have one X chromosome. Something along those lines, or
1: well, girls have pawn one too. Mm-hmm. It's just that. Uh, little boys have lower PON1 activity to, compared to girls, Okay. regardless of whether they're healthy or not. It's just what it is. And older people, the elderly, have lower PON1 activity. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, uh, boys are a little more fragile, let's say, when it comes to pesticide exposures because of that low PON1 activity.
0: Mm-hmm. But it, it's so, not what they uh, consume need- as as an infant. It's already... It's already kind of hardwired from the maternal diet, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Mater- not even from diet. PON1 activity is a gene. PON1 is what we all have, mm-hmm. some variation. Yeah. And that when that uh, expresses or turns on, it creates an enzyme that will metabolize, break down pesticides, organophosphate pesticides, mm-hmm. So, which are the malafion and, and the stuff in the food supply. So, uh, the mercury is something that suppresses that PON1 mm-hmm. and so is the fructose, the fructose. Mm-hmm. So we, there are more than one thing that'll suppress PON1. So, you know, autism is a result of num- numerous factors, but mm-hmm. for sure it's a result of inorganic mercury in the blood which can come from processed foods and that low PON1 activity in little boys.
0: And so it's particularly crucial for women who are pregnant to be especially careful about diet because it behooves them to protect the, the uh, growing fetus in utero from the exposure.
1: Absolutely. Oh yeah. And you know, so a pregnant woman shouldn't consume any fructose, no high fructose corn syrup, no uh, processed foods going to provide mercury exposure or lead, you know, so no processed food, no corn sweeteners. I mean, just, Completely lay off that stuff. And then, you know, prepare her body for pregnancy if possible and eating whole, organic, beautiful food for several months before she even attempts to get pregnant and, you know, uh, straighten out whatever me- metabolic issues she's got going on. Uh, that would be the best uh, strategy there.
0: The fish seem or sort of a quandary for me because I, I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place. You know, I go to the, the fish store. And on the one hand, they have beautiful salmon that's been flown in from British Columbia or Puget Sound, uh, wild fish. But that's high in mercury. But then they look at the farm fish. Not
1: at it. Not salmon's not high Not salmon's not high in mercury. Salmon, if it's wild caught, is very low in mercury. I have a chart in my book that uh, actually was given to me. It's a table, a, a beautiful table by Kate Mahaffey who's long gone, but she was a leader in uh, mercury uh, research back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'd done a study and found, uh, you know, which fish had higher levels of mercury. And uh, salmon is very low. So if it's Relatively uh, wild, yeah. And you okay. can get it with a whole pack of salmon frozen at Costco that's wild.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's still a quandary because relative to farmed salmon it's it it still can be expensive um and then you're confronted with the farmed salmon which is high in pcbs right
1: well i don't know anything about farmed salmon except that the food they're feeding the fish probably is contaminated okay and uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't uh recommend any farmed fish to be honest with you uh and uh, actually t- you know how they say don't eat tuna because of the high mercury? Right. It depends where you're located because yeah. uh, the tuna here, the ahi in Hawaii is very nice and uh, we've got studies done at our medical school saying that the mercury to selenium ratio in our fish here, our ahi is is, is beautiful. I mean, mm. the key to mercury toxicity is you have to have enough selenium in the met- metabolism of the creature so that it's at least binding one to one with mercury. So mm. if you have... More mercury than selenium, then you're going to have toxicity. If you have more selenium than mercury, then you're in good shape. It, it doesn't so, help
0: if you if you throw, uh, throw back a few uh, Brazil nuts with your uh, your tuna. Uh,
1: I ameliorate really that. I actually recommend uh, Brazil nuts at least two a day. Per you know, they're very high. The, the USDA did a study on on the, all the different foods to find out what had the most selenium, and, and there's so much selenium in Brazil nuts. You know, two a day for sure. That would be my recommendation.
0: Okay. So selenium, I mean, sort of natural way to get selenium, which is part of the glutathione peroxidase system, which is a detox system. That's, Absolutely. It you know, works on uh, a whole gamut of, of toxins, not just mercury. So that, that could exactly. be a Go helpful to have countermeasure. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: Are, one of the things that's come up lately is there's a lot of research on the microbiome. And it's thought that one of the ways that these toxins work is, you know, not necessarily, I mean, it's bad enough, they get into the bloodstream, they get into the cells, you know, they cross the blood brain barrier, they get into the brain, but they may damage the microbiome because essentially uh, these are toxins. These are pesticides, insecticides, herbicides, and they work on bacteria too. So they may actually suppress the growth of normal bacteria in the intestinal tract, which has a whole... A lot of health consequences.
1: Right. The The bacteria have genes like we do, and so the things that are impacting our genes are going to be impacting their genes, and fructose, in particular, has been shown to cause leaky gut.
0: Mm.
1: So, uh, and you have some bacteria that love fructose, and you're going to have an overgrowth of that, and that might screw up your whole biome, so, uh, you know... If you stick with a healthy diet and, and refrain from all the poor eating habits that we're talking about, that can uh, straighten you out in terms of your uh, gastrointestinal tract.
0: What is what's your advice when it comes to kids? Because you know, there's a lot of prepared food. You know, uh, parents uh, sometimes there's uh, you know working families. It's not a lot of time, so they just grab the baby food. Uh, you know, they get you all know, kinds of packaged goodies for the kids. Uh, you know, what's the workaround to minimize a child's exposure to these toxins?
1: Well, you know, uh, I think it's best to make your own baby food if you can and freeze it and get that uh, breastfeed, for example, for sure, uh, the first six months to a year and then add, you know, the, the other foods as you can. And may, and if you're adding a food a little here and there, I mean, it's not a big hassle to prepare organic uh, whole food, sweet potato, or whatever, uh, you know. You know, food I, I processor a or blender, and you,
0: you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're good to go. Yeah,
1: and you can freeze stuff, you know. And and uh, I I understand we live in a society of convenience, and and uh, I I see it all the time, and it's it's a sad situation, you know. Everything's convenient, and it's as bad as you know. Every kid has a screen in front of them, so. Uh, it's really a choice we make in lifestyle. And, you know, how much attention are you going to uh, pay to the quality of the food that you put in your mouth and your baby's mouth and your kid's mouth? So it's really a choice the way I see it. And it means a little more work and less convenience. But, you know, you're either going to pay in time and money now or you're going to pay later. Later, with cancer or you know whatever disease, a uh, child has learning difficulties in school. You know, I think thirty-three percent of the people incarcerated are ADHD, and mm-hmm. a lot of kids drop out yeah. of uh, school. They and, don't get. And one to wonders what they kind they of
0: foundational diet they may have had, you know, either in utero or you know, oh, in yeah. childhood.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you know, uh, it's unfortunate a kid can't choose uh, the circumstances they're born into. And some of us have better parents than others. And it really is, you know, it's a—it just as a society, you know, we're really failing an awful lot of kids in so many ways.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, so uh, this and, you know, other uh, pieces of a specific advice will be found in the book, Unsafe at Any Meal, uh, written by a former uh, FDA insider, someone who's been involved in... Food Technology, and the Study of Toxicology and Environmental Health, Dr. Renée Dufault. The spelling is D-U-F-A-U-L-T, and you can look her up. And uh, I urge you to get the book, or now you can get it in uh, Audible and listen to it as well. Thanks very much for joining us.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Dr. Hoffman. I hope I've been able to answer some questions for you.
0: Well, yes, you've given us lots of uh, practical advice and uh, encouragement to stick to our guns about uh, natural food wherever possible, because it's so crucial to not just ourselves, but uh, to future generations. So I really appreciate your work. Thanks again. Thank you. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.